hoy, Noiros! Welcome to episode 88 of Out of the Podcast. Very high up there. <laughs> yeah. 88, feeling great. But yeah, we are here to talk some film noir, and uh, we're also talking some French New Wave, Dan. But you didn't see that both. coming. I'm glad we're here. I'll just say that much. It's good to be here, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got New Wave Dan, of course, Mr. Expert, and Gentleman Joey here to say, welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the elevator or the gallows, whichever you'd like to choose. I, uh, I'm debating, so I, I promised last time that I have a, sh- a little show and tell about this. So I'm debating whether I should do it now or should I wait? Show show me and tell the audience. I'm guessing it's going to be discography related, correct? Am I going to see uh, Mr. Miles? Yes. Yes. Oh, look at that. That is nice. That was a good copy, too. It is. Um, it is an older press of the Miles Davis soundtrack, which I absolutely love. I've had this for a long time. Back in the day when you can get like a, a, a press of this, I paid $5 for this. So wow. it, it, it's Princeton Record Exchange and it's on the, the label still. Um, love it. Just, you know, obviously that's like a big thing about this movie is that, you know, it's the score. It's the improvised score that Miles Davis and crew did. It's fantastic. So there's a lot. It's all game changers on this one. Yeah. Uh, including us changing the game. We're just going to get right into the movie talk today. Elevator to the Gallows, released January 29th, 1958, from the director of My Dinner with Andre, Dan. Yep. Mr. <laughs> they Louis, didn't see that Louis coming Maul. either. Yeah, Louis <laughs> yeah. Maul, 24 at this point, coming in with his first scripted film. Uh, he also did the screenplay with Roger Nimier. I don't know, there's going to be a lot of French pronunciations. This is going to be a rough one for your boy, uh, but... I'll try to help. Dan's going to do his best. Yes, please hold my hand or just point and laugh, whatever it takes. I won't do that to you. <laughs> Based on the 1956 novel, how do you think we say the title, the original title of this? Uh, it's Ascensure pour... Uh, yeah, this is where it gets tough. Le Chiffaud, something like that. Le Chiffaud. Yeah, I don't know. Tough one. But... Le Chiffaud. I think it's like faux. Like, I think faux. the D is silent. As, as it can be in, uh, in France, but that was a, a wonderful job, Dan. Thank you. Uh, it was written by Noel Khalif. And, you know, we're going to be calling out two people that, you know, two professions in the film industry that we don't often call out. But when it's extra special, we do, like we said, music by Miles Davis. I mean, yeah. uh, also coming onto the scene himself, you know, so it's like really everyone was just in the right place at the right time. And then cinematography by Henry Decay, who just would change Big everything. Time. Yeah. You want to talk French New Wave? This is the guy who got the look of this and. Uh, you know, I think we all agree the look of this film. I mean, again, there's so many reasons you hear it here for the music, the the incredible just cinematography and vibe of the whole thing. And, and also just uh, just a crackerjack plot, you know? Yeah. And a good cast, too. I mean, Jean Moreau is, you know, amazing. Yep. Her. In her breakthrough role, we're, we're yep. breaking through. And then uh, Maurice Rone, right? Yeah, Rone, yeah. As uh, Julian... Tevinier. And my old my old buddy Lino Ventura, uh longtime veteran of of uh mostly like Jean Pierre Melville, like the crime films, uh did a lot of you know Italian crime dramas, French crime dramas. Um he's plays the uh the police uh I guess he's like the detective. Um the he, he's, he's, they say police com- commissionaire. Yes. Chiret. But for us <laughs> Red, red, white, and blues. Uh, yeah. Please, Captain. Commissioner, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to open up with a, a plot to kill, Dan. 
We gotta, yeah. we gotta kill someone, and it's gonna be uh, the boss <laughs> living the dream, Simon Karala. Yeah, Karala. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to go. He's a French industrialist, and he is uh, Julian Tavernier. He's he's his boss, and also he's sleeping with his wife. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's gonna cause some trouble. So they're like, this guy has gotta go. They have this wonderful plot that they put together where, you know, he this guy used to be, you know, in the in the war, in the, the foreign legion. You know, war comes up quite a bit in this movie. It definitely is, mm-hmm. is part of the, the plot and the themes, but he, he's able to do some <laughs> crazy climbing and the grappling hooks. Well, it's fresh a lot. It's fresh, obviously, in the timing of this. I mean, this came out in 1958 and then you have the the Indochina war. And also the War of Independence in Algeria. And they said that he fought in both. And they're both very, very relevant and very present in, in France at the time. And you see this a lot in uh, especially early uh, French New Wave. I mean, that that type of topic comes in like Godard touches on it. Uh, a couple of the directors as well. It's very, very prevalent. So it definitely ties in here, um, yeah. which is which is interesting because, yeah, because it does play into what will, you know, come into play later we'll meet some other friends who have some things to say about it Mm -hmm. um so yeah he goes like he you know goes into this office you know simon's working late and he is putting together his alibi the receptionist you know makes phone calls on his behalf while she's sharpening pencils (laughs) switchboard yeah the old switchboard operator um and so yeah he goes into the office and he pulls a gun on his boss and it goes fantastically of course his yeah. own gun, right? I believe it is his own gun. It's, yeah, it's his to boss's help with gun. The, the suicide because he says, "How how did you get how did you get that? How'd you get like, my gun?" Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. you have to assume he got it from his wife, but uh, yeah. yeah, it uh, he, he kills him, and when he goes to kill him, it, it cuts to a, a pencil being sharpened to mm-hmm. <laughs> help with the noise because that's louder. Those old ones, I'm sure, were louder than a gunshot. Yeah, or at least on par. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and who wants to look into that? So yeah, he's dead puts the gun in his hand, makes it look like an accident, grabs some paperwork, goes to his grappling hook, you know, off on the balcony. Well, it makes and- it look like a suicide. Right, right. Because they talk about that. Not, not necessarily like an accident. Like he makes it, he stages it like it was a suicide. So yeah, he, then he cleans up after himself. He goes down the grappling hook into his own office. And someone is like calling up uh, to him too, to like check in. So like, as he's going down, you hear like the phone ring, but he, he makes right. it in time and, the security okay. guard was asking to have him page because he like wants to go home because this is all taking place on a Saturday, by the way. This entire, pretty much the whole movie takes place on a Saturday. Yeah, it's a, a good classic, like, here's one crazy night for you movie. And yeah, mm-hmm. as they're, everybody leaves, they're like, hey, have a good Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, he goes to his car, his very fancy car, mm-hmm. where he parks illegally all the time. We find out he doesn't care about cops or tickets or anything, Dan. Nope. Because he does what he wants and uh, he's being admired by the flower girl next door mm-hmm. who's also there with her boyfriend. Real shitty <laughs> yeah, that guy piece of, of shit. Oh, he sucks the whole time. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's he's doing what he's supposed to do. It's, you you kind of have to just go along for the ride with these two, literally, because um, he uh, Julian, he notices that, oh, shit, what a fucking amateur. I forgot to grab the rope and the whole like answering the phone and everything so he's like go back into the office grab this rope but he's left his car 
you know, with the top down, are the keys in it? Because they take it yes. pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, he leaves the engine running. So right. it's, he's it, like, I'll be actually, right back. Yeah. My friend, the flower girl is going to look out for me. We have her, we know each other because they say they like talk and stuff and she's pretty madly in love with them. Yeah. So yeah, he goes back in, gets himself in the elevator, tries to head up. But of course that security guard who's just trying to get the fuck out of there yeah. locks everything up. They turn off the power and that elevator is stuck. We are, we are trapped in this elevator. Our main character, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> is actually just going to go ahead and be trapped in an elevator the whole time, which is just interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, you really, you know, the elevator to the gallows, you're like, oh, that's a, what a met- metaphor title, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, but <laughs> there's an elevator. It's also literal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all that stuff is fantastic. We'll be, we'll be checking in with our friend Julian all throughout. So yeah, Louis is this little shit's name. Louis. Louis, thank you. Uh, We are in France. And uh, Veronique, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this couple, this troublesome criminal couple, (laughs) live in their own badlands, basically. They steal this car, and she's very like, oh, don't do it, you know. But he's like, no, I'm going to steal this car. And they're driving off. They're looking through his shit. They find a gun. They find a little spy camera. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're just like, well, I guess this guy deserves to have his car stolen or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely up to something. And that car is very noticeable, of course. It's a you know a fancy car at the time and everything. So people notice it when it drives by, especially people that are familiar with the car, including our Florence. Yes, um, she's at the rendezvous point at the at like the restaurant bar that they're supposed to meet at and she sees it go by and she sees the girl and him and, and she can't really, it's the driver's obscured. Yeah. So she's like, Oh, he's just, he's with some other woman. Like what's he doing? Like, and he, didn't, he didn't go through with the plan. Like what a right. coward. And yeah, now he's like running off. Her mind starts going and like the dialogue and, and internally it's like, she's like, Oh, like maybe he like, you know, chickened out or whatever. Yes. And like all good internal monologues and dialogues, it's scored by miles Davis brilliantly yeah. um, her stuff especially with his score is is like the top of the line if only we could have that <laughs> <laughs> they, they you know they're gonna put chips in our head soon enough i'm sure we that's can, true you know or just wear an airpod i don't know <laughs> i'll get like sunra in my head or something <laughs> that's not too shabby yeah absolutely i mean i would hope i could like mix it up so i don't drive yeah, myself true. crazy but i mean i've also yeah. gone crazy enough where i'm putting chips in my head that's true i saw a news story where a guy inserted a chip so he could unlock his tesla without having to do anything and like start it up and then he also had it where he uh was able to get into his house uh <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know if i would do that yeah apparently there were like a hundred people that test at uh, tesla that they're like testing it out on to like <laughs> chip up you know the, everybody you could trust in that front to Ugh. insert in your body <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. And we're on a slippery slope now as we, we're going to walk through the streets of Paris, just showing off our bummed out and worried face, looking beautiful the entire time and mm-hmm. just just looking for, for Julian. And Yeah, where is he? What's going on? What happened with the plan? Did you kill my husband or what? Like, yeah, what's going on? So that's. We have our elevator plot. We have our wandering Paris plot. We're, we're, we're getting it together. And meanwhile, the couple, they're speeding around. They're racing Germans in the very nice Mercedes, mm-hmm. which we'll have some fun facts about in a little bit. And like, yeah, they're just like, hey, let's race. They flash their lights at them trying to race them. And 
unfortunately, Julian's car only goes to 100. So couldn't win the race, but they weren't going to let that stand. So he, he follows him. He, it's not road rage, but I guess it's pretty close. I mean, he's just evil, I guess, because, you know, he's a Louis. The juvenile delinquent. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I try to be pretty uh, understanding for the most part. But yeah, this kid sucks. He's pretty irredeemable the entire time. He bumps into him when they when they arrive at the hotel. Yeah, so they follow him at, and the, yeah, motel, but they which seemed like a, a new concept at the time. The way they're talking about, like, oh, I've heard of these. Like, yeah, motels. It's a really interesting look to it, and they have even like the golf cart that like you can't really, you don't really need to drive all the way down. You have like the porter that has like the golf cart with the giant trunk that he opens up and you know has all the luggage in, which is fascinating. Absolutely, I mean, everything is such a moment in time like you know even yeah. just these crazy vehicles that existed for two seconds in, in such a way but yeah they're they're going in and they're using julian's name they're mm-hmm. dropping his name they're wearing his clothes they're pretending to be him they, you know they're, they're method acting basically <laughs> well they want to live the spy lifestyle you know they, they want to they're playing the role i guess role playing um yeah, never a never bit. a good idea <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it won't affect anything later on. We're two prudes here to say, you know, stay away from role playing. It leads to murder. That goes for even like, you know, gaming, not even mm-hmm. just sexually. You mean like LARPing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember like being like, I like left IFC this back in the day when IFC was like a watchable channel. It was like on at like four or five in the morning. And I like woke up having fallen asleep with it on. And like there was a LARPing documentary. And that was when I first learned of LARPing. Oh, okay. Uh, live action role playing for those who don't know. It was fascinating, but it was like such a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? LARPing, huh? <laughs> yeah, like before in the morning, yeah, I'd be like, uh, what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. It was interesting. I learned something. And then all of a sudden, it was everywhere. It took the world by storm, Dan. Yeah, sure did. Also, the couple, they've been using this camera that, you know, that was around. There's still some pictures left on it. As Couple, there I is. think there's three. I think yeah. there's three left. Yeah. There's always those last lingering pictures left that you just can't get rid of. They need to make, you know, sets of film with less of it, right? I mean, maybe for the sake of this movie, yeah. Or just use a Polaroid, so it's just like one at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, they notice it while they're hanging out with the the couple, the the German couple. So yeah, like they're so all hanging out, drinking, and and like living and the, the other, life. And the, yeah, the German guy's wife was like, "Oh, you know, I'll take some photos of you of everybody." Yeah, it was a very interesting dynamic between the German couple and and the kids. Like, they're clearly on to these kids pretty right away. And he's, like, kind of grilling them about the war and stuff like that that he pretended to be a part of. Right, because he says, because you can see how young he is. I mean, he's obviously too young young to have been in either of those uh, conflicts. So I I think he knew right away. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, he plays along for a little bit. Yeah, he's really just like, yes, yeah, so let's see where this is going. But like, of course, it just embarrasses this kid and, and that doesn't lead to anything good. Ronnie the, even slips at one point and calls him Louis. Yeah, that's where it especially <laughs> like really goes downhill because, yeah. you know, it's not a nickname for Julian that you hear that often. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the film gets dropped off at the motel's photo lab. I mean, that's how fancy this place is. that They, they can develop yeah. film like. Yeah. Crazy. Their own lab technician. <laughs> yeah. And nowadays, like, you can't even get film in a day anymore. Yeah. It takes at least a week. Mail it off. What a world. Uh, so, yeah, they go to, everyone goes off their separate ways. They go to bed. But 
Louis like clearly was figured out. He's very nervous about the whole thing. And he's like, let's just get the hell out of here. It's like pouring rain. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's just go away in the, the middle of the night in this rain. We'll, we'll take his car. We're going to leave the other one here. Yeah. It's going to go great. We've been killing it so far. <laughs> this is going to go okay. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. But they absolutely get busted by the German husband. And he fakes a gun with a cigar tube. <laughs> yeah which is always a good move i mean in the dark i mean i mean you can if you look at it from like kind of a far i mean like you i guess you kind of see it you know what i mean like it looks like the barrel of a gun like you don't know like yeah. you didn't you didn't know truly and you know he's intimidating enough too where you're just like yeah i'm yeah. scared by you i don't care if it is a cigar tube but right louis he, he's a young troublemaker you know it, you know he's always he's kind of like a, a live wire too so yeah you gotta like, put you a scare in this kid hey get the hell out of here right. turn your life around yeah don't kill people, then you'll be okay. Stop stealing cars. But unfortunately, doesn't go well. The wife pops up and everything goes wrong. Louis gets freaked out because he takes out his gun too. Instantly, you're like, hey, how come you're not shooting him? You know, know, it's because it's a car too. So yeah, Louis shoots them, both of them. We get a double murder, which is horrifying conceptually. And yeah, he, I mean, he like unloads on them too. It's a lot of shots. Yeah. So they're like, all right. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> We've yeah, left they, all they this off. evidence for this man who's trapped in an elevator the whole time. Who's, you know, trying to climb out, uh, you know, use all of his skills at hand. Like, you know, at one point he's like climbing down the elevator wire and like the security guy he, like comes back. Right. Like, so there's does, another right? there's an I think it's like a cop that it's not necessarily a security guy. He just needs the light. So he comes oh, okay. in for a minute and, and I guess he's like doing his round, like his overall rounds of that area. So yeah. he like comes in briefly and, and shuts the, the turns. I'm sorry. He turns the power, power. on. Yeah. And in doing so, he, you know, you get that nice, like, Oh God, there's an elevator coming out yeah, as coming I'm down. on the line. But of course stops in the nick of time. Uh-huh. There's also a lot of cigarette smoking going on uh, throughout this process. And there's a lot of cigarette butts in the, on the floor of the, of the elevator as well. My throat hurt by the end of this one. Yeah, there was a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> hey, it's film noir. This is how we do it. It's the French new wave, baby. We're smoking yeah. them. Get yeah. with it, you squares. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the couple, they head back to Paris in the Mercedes that they've stolen. And they, they hide out in uh, the flower girl's apartment. And she has these romantic notions of like, oh, we're going to be like famous in the paper and everyone's going to love us. And he's just like. Uh, you'll be fine. I'm going to be fucked here. Like, that yeah. sucks. So it's, they're like, well, obviously, what's the best thing to do? Let's kill each other. So they overdose on um, pills, phenobarbitual pills. Yeah, like bar- they're barbiturates. Yeah. And they pass out and yeah, trying to Romeo and Juliet themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, hope it works, right? That'd be, you know, that's the only way out for them. Yeah. Suicide. Just like MASH said, suicide is painless, Dan. Did they say that? The song does, right? Did you watch Bash ever, the Altman movie? I've never seen the movie. No. Oh, okay. Do you know the backstory of like the song too, which also then became like the theme song of the show? I do not. So it was like written by uh, Robert Altman's like 15 year old son. It may even have been younger, but he was like, oh, write, really? write me the dumbest song ever. Like the dumbest lyrics and everything. And so they came back with Suicide is Painless. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We got so many fun facts. We're bringing in facts from other movies, Dan. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, they've been using, you know, the name. We've had our Florence going around asking everybody if they've seen Julian, and everybody said no, or they're like, yeah, I saw him a while back. Right. Yeah, they, they run into like at a bar. There's like his his friend. Like, who was that guy? Dan? What was his relationship to him? He like they met in the war at some point. Okay. Uh, one of the wars. Um, but he's like a he's in like refrigeration or something like that. <laughs> Um, so? Yeah, it, from what I remember, yeah, it was, he's just a very, and he's like, apparently like a very drunk guy all the time, as it seems. So uh, he's not much, much help. Yeah, no, not at all. But he he's there and he's just like, yeah, that's my friend. And, uh, you know, another woman pops up and she's like, yeah, I saw him like a couple weeks ago. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but now finally, this name has been going around town. Like they used uh, Julian's name at the motel. So it's not not looking good. The car was there. The gun was there. You know, his clothes were there, like right at the scene of the crime and the corpses. So they're like, well, boy, open and shut. Julian did it. Let's go get this guy. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, Florence goes out wandering one more time. Um, she gets mistaken for a prostitute by the director, Dan, in a director cameo. Yep. A son of a bitch. And then she gets arrested because she doesn't have like id on her and stuff and then they find out who mm. she is and they're like oh sorry about that don't tell anyone yeah then they're groveling at that point yeah <laughs> well apparently her husband's like a pretty big deal um and the you name see that instantly because yeah. they, they're even like oh carla you know carla like are you related to and she's like yeah there's not many carla it was like yeah it's my husband and that's where we really see all this thing come together and then we're like oh okay this is how she was in on it. I don't know if we knew they were married at that point. I mean, I think you could assume. Yeah, we knew there's some type of connection, but no, that's the that's the reveal. That's like the actual like. Yeah. When the audience knows. Yeah. Wonderfully done. And then they're also like, oh, we got to like it's in the papers. They're looking for Julian. They're trying to find him. No one can find him. You know, now it's the next morning. The power's back on so we can get at the hell out of this elevator at long last. Mm hmm. And he's just like, cool, let me uh, try to meet up with my girlfriend and, and get this thing back on track. Let me get a little breakfast. I'm hungry. All that working I did in the elevator. So he goes to get a bite to eat a ton of croissants, Dan. That's what he wants. He's <laughs> very hungry. That's what he wants. And, you know, I, I get it. I love him. But then, like, there's this girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's there. And she's like with her dad, who's like reading the paper. And she's like, keeps looking back and forth. Like, well, that's the same guy. That's nuts. Like, yep what's up with that? And like the dad's like, shut up. Like he's yeah, paper for murder. Like I'm not yeah. trying to die here. Like, so they quickly scurry off, but he leaves the paper behind. And now Julian knows, Oh shit, I've been wanted for murder. And it's not even the murder. I think right. it is. And then also now the police are doing some searching and stuff like that. They're looking for Julian at the office, but he's not there. But then they're like, Oh, I think we found something else though. We got a suicide. And isn't that weird with everything going on? Yeah. And also the people at the bar call the police on Julian. And yes, they make as a, he was what, yeah. waiting before he even got recognized. Yeah, like this, the woman working there is like, go get him the food or whatever. Like, I'll make the phone call. And she very sneakily does it. And it's like, okay, calls the cop. Yeah. It's not looking good. And he does get busted. He is arrested. He's charged with the murder, but not <laughs> the murder that he did. And he's like, well, I, I was stuck in an elevator. You saw the movie. Like, come on, look at me. Elevator guy. Yeah. And they're like, no, that that, that can't, absolutely can't be true. That could never happen. No, no, ju- no jury's going to believe that. <laughs> no. I see. I saw. I see it. And I don't believe it, Dan. Yeah. 
But thankfully, he had his his girlfriend who there to be like, well, I knew our plan and who we were trying to murder. I got to get this guy off for for that murder so we can go ahead and start our new life together. Mm -hmm. So she goes to the floor. She gets the address to the flower girl shop and she is able to arrive at their apartment in time where, of course, these two dumb dumbs, (laughs) they didn't do it right. They're just mm-hmm. sleepy and they didn't end up killing themselves. And she's they're very groggy and out of it. She's just like, yo, I'm you're going down. You better not do anything stupid before I like go out and call the cops. So she's at a payphone and the couple are like, oh God, like what are we gonna do? And they're like, who's gonna believe her? You know, like what evidence is there? And they're like, oh shit, those photos, we literally have like perfect evidence in these photos. Like, mm-hmm. we gotta go get this film roll. So Louis goes, runs off and goes to make the trip. And Florence is making a call to the cops and they're like, what? You know, we we got our guy. We don't need we don't need a new suspect. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to just gonna go follow this guy to wherever he's going then and, and see what that leads to. So now we're at the photo lab in the process of developing these photos. Florence is on her way and the cops are there, too. And Louis is like, oh, I need these photos. And it's just like you instantly see like it's hanging up just the pictures of them with the couple just the smoking gun right there and Florence is there and she's like cool we got him this is awesome like we're in the clear and they're like hey whoa not so fast there's these other photos yeah just, I don't know if you knew this but there's <laughs> there's quite a, a roll of photos here and we see it slowly develop just this uh, wonderful picture there's a great yeah. that's a good couple picture but it's her and people Julian in love yeah perfectly in love and like so we know what's going on you why your husband is now dead. So you're going to jail. You're all you're going to jail because you were an accomplice to it. And I, you know, honestly, like, it's going to be worse for you. Julian yeah. will do 10 years. And honestly, he'll do five. But you, you know, you're probably gonna do at least 20, which yeah, for murder, kind of... this is all still pretty good, Dan. Yeah, I mean, she rationalizes it through the inner monologue again of, of you know, it is where it really it, my life's French, over new wavy, yeah. you know, like, it, it's pretty gentle which is you know one of the things i appreciate about this i i have an appreciation for french new wave but yeah i i think this is a just the perfect balance of like a little bit of everything a little bit of everything exactly and i like how i like how it comes together and that what really incriminates and brings both kind of plot lines together is the photos at the very end it's the same role and it's the only time we see lovers together the entire time i mean they're just like right main characters that are just clearly have a relationship but yet they're just so apart the whole time and you don't even get like the grand reunion it just they just exist in photos and yeah like we're in the same kind of trance where she's just like yeah hey you know it was a good time you're still in love and just hang in there (laughs) 20 years you'll still be beautiful and and you'll be together again and maybe Maybe. there'll be some good miles davis music waiting for us one can only hope the end or uh dan now, I stri- I meant to say this earlier, too. Uh, I actually stream this on the Criterion channel. It's also available on HBO Max. So oh, I was cool. looking for this. It's it's out there between both TCM and the Criterion channel. But I'll go ahead and spoil right now. I give this a 10 out of 10 developed photos. Go get oh, that wow. Criterion Blu-ray. Like, you want to own this one. And, you know, oh, I, might, I yeah. might say wait because I could see a 4K of this coming at some point. Like, maybe stream it and give it a year. But also, hey, double up. Give it to a friend once you go upgrade to your 4K because... This is just a perfect movie. The only reason I could see them not doing it at least right away is because this Blu-ray upgrade they just did just came out in 2018. So I don't know if they're like 
ready yeah which was like i think like upgrade. 10 years after the dvd at least because i caught this in either 2008 or 2009 i rented it mm -hmm. it was right when i was like falling in love with film noir and mm -hmm. this this was a highly recommended one and also i was at I, you know i loved miles davis i was just getting into him and it was like whoa he did the score too it was like really interesting to me and it, it blew me away then and i you know I, it, it blew me away now it's still just it fires on all cylinders and just to i mean you know we'll get into it mal had like a lot of experience like you you know it's not like he didn't work before but just making like a, a feature film right it's it's a very confident piece yeah i mean he, he worked with Bresson a little bit before uh he did this one but yeah i i agree i i mean i love this movie um very much i'm glad that it just gave me another excuse to rewatch it because it's actually been a while since I watched it. That was a big wanna, reason why I, I put it on. I'm like, let's. I yeah. want to rewatch this one, and and it's thankfully something that falls into what we can do. Right, and I was glad that they upgraded because I mean, I had I had the old DVD copy for years. I've I've just always been a fan of this movie. Um, and then when the Blu-ray came up, I was like, yeah, that's an instant purchase for me. Um, uh, the yeah, print it's just gorgeous, which is why print. I would say if they do go to 4K, like it would be worthy of upgrading just because of how good it looks and yeah. They have a pristine version of it and yeah it's great and there's you know plenty of artwork's cool, great cool features it. on it yeah great design i mean you know, this, perfect. this yeah. is like 2000 you know mid-2000s era criterion collection design that's the best stuff right there yeah but the colors are great i mean i love i love the the blue with a little bit of the black and and yeah it's yeah it's it's great it's awesome yeah no regrets buying that one Barnes and Noble sale coming soon, I'm sure. And November, mm -hmm. November, we're almost there. Or, you know, they'll do one on their site too, I'm sure. And like before that, but probably it's here. been a while for them for, for, for their actual site. It's been a long time, so it, it could very well come soon. I think it's due. Yeah. If you listen to the show. You're clearly a fan of the Criterion collection. You know, you know where to find this stuff. But yeah, uh, let's get into some fun facts. So Elevator to the Gallows or Dan, you want to say the original French title one more time? <laughs> Assessor pour les fauchots. Perfect. Uh, it was also released as Frantic in the U.S., which is an okay title, but come on. Elevator to the gallows, baby. And uh, Lift to the Scaffold in the U.K., which is interesting. Um, you, can hear, you can hear the Britishness <laughs> of, of that, <laughs> but I, I think it's great. I, I, love, I love that title. It's, it, it, I like it better than Frantic, for sure. Fr Frantic just makes me think of Harrison Ford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's a great title, it's just not for this one. But, yeah, uh, not, not for this, no. The debut scripted film of 24-year-old auteur Louis Mal. He came from a family who made their fortune in beet sugar, Dan, during the Napoleonic Wars. Mm -hmm. And he made a name for himself, especially as a camera operator and later co-director for Jacques Cousteau <laughs> mm -hmm. and his underwater exploration films. And in fact, years later, Cousteau called Mal the best underwater cameraman he ever had. Mm -hmm. So uh, Louis Mal, he adapted the 1956 book with novelist Roger Namir and he cast Janine Moreau who had she'd been in a few movies at this point but this was definitely her breakthrough role and he had seen her perform on, at a Paris stage production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof the old mm. Tennessee Williams play and mm -hmm. she was good to go and also you know it was a lower budget production and she was willing to take risks including you know trusting a first-time movie director to shoot her without makeup or heavy mm. lighting um, which she was used to. And in fact, when they went to process the film, the lab technicians were like, this doesn't look good. And they refused to process it at first until they were convinced otherwise. Yeah. And to film the scenes where she's walking around the city at night, they uh, shot on fast film from a baby carriage 
and they only used available light from the street and from shop windows. Hmm. Looks fantastic, though. Yeah. So, yeah, that Miles Davis soundtrack, Mal said he was listening to a lot of Miles Davis recordings when he was working on the script. And then there's actually even like a the album cover of one of his albums shows up in the film, too. But he screened the film, Miles Davis did, and then came in for an evening with a with the French quartet and a couple U.S. musicians. And they just watched the movie and improvised the entire thing. Yeah, it's great. You could just see why he in was, one night. Yeah, just one yeah, night they did it. Yeah. A future professional. It's, it's just so confident. And I don't know, like, I don't. I'd be, I don't know his feelings on, on his score and like, you know, everything, but like, I, I hope he knows he killed it. I have a feeling he probably knows that it was pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> At least pretty good. Yeah. I mean, jazz is so, you know, improvisational anyways that like, right. it could have just been like, Hey, I'm coming in for a night jamming with some friends and changing cinema forever. So that Mercedes Benz gull wing that showed up, it's uh, a pretty rare car and, and highly sought after these days. It was produced in 1954 to 1957 in u.s dollars back then it was for eleven thousand dollars to get one of those and one sold with a roadster for 1.3 million dollars in 2009 and then one sold uh, in 2012 with a rare aluminum body it was a 1955 model which only 29 were made and that sold for 4.62 million dollars so quite a vehicle then there's also Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I'm I'm curious. I was curious to look up the value of that. So eleven thousand dollars in nineteen fifty seven, just for instance. Yeah. It's it's the equivalent of purchasing power to about one hundred and fifteen thousand nine hundred seventy nine dollars and ninety three cents today. Wow. Yeah, Which that's is yeah, I mean, quite that's, an investment. Yeah. And then Julian's car was a nineteen fifty two Chevrolet Style Line convertible. <laughs> and then there's also that uh, there's a funny egg parked in front of the flower shop. That's mm-hmm. a vehicle that was actually pretty common in Paris at the time, even though mm-hmm. it was like a brief thing. But yeah, it has like two seats up front and then there's a back seat, which you would get in through the front and there's only one door. It's crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, the tiny camera was a, either a Minox or a Minot. I don't know how I was saying that one, but originally it was developed as a luxury item. But then people were like, hey, this little thing works great for spy work. I think it's Minot. Yeah. Minot? Perfect. Yeah. And then the movie would eventually make it to the United States. It opened in New York on June 11th, 1961. I was also surprised to learn that this was the first foreign language film shown on TCM's Noir Alley with Eddie Muller. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. was that was only in 2020. That's wild. I yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that. And then the last thing I this I mean, you know, of course, I didn't know any of this stuff. But what really shook me because I I know some stuff. I didn't know uh, Louis Mal was married to Candace Bergen, a.k.a. Murphy Brown. Until he died in 1995. I, I had no idea about that. You know? Yeah. No. And I was shocked to learn that they met in New Milford, Connecticut, which is where my grandma lives. So. Oh, wow. Not where I would think that would happen. Yeah. He, he moved to the States and, and made a lot of films uh, in like the late sev- mid, late 70s. Yeah. Like around yeah, like my dinner with Andre era. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and one of my, probably maybe my favorite, I mean, maybe second to this movie uh, is Atlantic City. I love Atlantic right, City. Right. That's him. Um, I forgot. I've been waiting for that to come out like on Blu-ray, like Criterion, please put it out. I have the soundtrack. I, I just, I love that movie. Yeah. That has to come out at some point. I have the DVD, but I need the Blu-ray. It's coming. And I told I'm you Space Dan, I got taglines too. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to edit these in later. We'll do them now, but here we go. And then we'll close up our, our little elevator talk here. Frantic for life and love. Frantic for excitement. But that was when it was called Frantic in the States. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, more Hitchcock than Hitchcock. I don't know about that one. Mm. Uh, the most tense, taut 24 hours that ever confronted a woman and her lover. Mm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. More thrills and suspense and daring. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's <Sort of>. it. <laughs> the taglines are okay, but again, just a, a perfect A++ 10 out of 10 movie that the lads are given a firm handshake of an agreement on. Go watch this one. And it's yeah, streaming definitely. everywhere, so there's no excuse not to. Any any final thoughts, Dan, on our wonderful well, elevator? Yeah, I think we kind of we kind of touched on everything, but yeah, just just a great movie. Um, definitely, just very watchable. Um, yeah. I, I think even if it, I know some some people can sometimes be a little maybe a little bit you know iffy about subtitles, but I, I think it's. I would it's say even it. I was going into it, even though I know I love this movie, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. here we go. But it's. It's not. It, there's not too much dialogue. I mean, there's like no. enough where it's not like you're like, oh boy, is somebody gonna say something? But it's not like very talky. You know, I, it, it's I, I as far as even like just like someone that wants to watch old movies with subtitles that needs like to dip their toes in, in even beyond film noir. I think this is just a, a great, great way to go. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's got a little bit of of everything between you know, it's it's early for the French New Wave. Um, kind of predates that. I mean, even predates Breathless, which people always kind of say is like, you know, one of, if not the landmark in French New Wave. And that was 1960. That was two years later. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I think it's just great, great all around, great plot, very, very engaging. You're like in it, you know, even though we've both seen it a bunch of times, like, yeah, it's been a while. And I'm watching. It, I'm just like, yeah, like you're in the ride and it's yeah. going. And, it was a splash a- of water to the face. Like I was just like, oh, yeah. this is great. And like, I just I had such a wonderful time watching it. Cool. Yeah, I I agree. Hopefully we'll have such fun next week, Dan, when we go to 1954. And, you know, we're going to get a little lusty. We're going to get a little human desire here today. isn't love it's human desire all night every night i think of you and all day i know it's wrong but i pray and pray for him to die don't say that i'm sorry i can't help it just think a person can be alive in the morning and dead at night Don't pull at me. I'm sick of it from all of you. All? What went on this afternoon? You had to tell me about the murder, didn't you? You had to tell me because you knew that once I knew about it, I'd be in it just as deep as you are. Oh, no. That's not true. Isn't it? Even as he held her in his arms, he could still see that man on the night train. The husband she drove to murder. The fight to a finish in the freight yard. The girl he had promised to marry. Any of these, Mr. Warren? Answer the question, please, Mr. Warren. Yeah, this one's a little 
I, I've never seen this one, so I was definitely surprised when I saw this pop up on the. It's going to be a good time. I, I think yeah, I, I remember you hear, yeah. hearing you say that, which was why I was like, we got, we should push this one. I only saw it recently myself, but they're all backed in. All our old friends are here. We got Glenn Ford coming, Gloria mm -hmm. Graham, Fritz Lang back again. We can't keep them off the show. So that's going to be a good time. Um, but before we wrap up, Danny, anything you want to, uh, we've been digging anything you've been up to. What have I been up to? I learned I something this week. Oh yeah. Well, what's that? I uh, today even I got curious. Uh, I was like, what, "What's the meaning of don't Bogart that joint?" I feel like I've heard this before, but I can't recall what it is. So of course, I mean, Dan and I are huge Birds fans and Easy Rider fans. Of course, we know on yes. the, the Easy Rider soundtrack. There's the song by the Fraternity of Man. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, I think that might be who gave it to us. But so I was like, "Does it have something to do with our friend Humphrey Bogart?" And mm -hmm. it does. So, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's, it refers to how he always would talk with the cigarette in his mouth. And so, yes, you're supposed to say, get that joint out of your mouth and pass it over here. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, shut up, <laughs> pass it, yeah. and then tell your cool story. I doubt Bogey was smoking a joint. Maybe he was, maybe off screen, maybe. but Maybe, maybe towards the end, too, you know? Yeah, yeah or, the, or that, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. You don't have anything interesting facts like that. Yeah, I've been just watching a little bit of everything. Um, we don't always have to come with facts, Dan. I just had that one in my pocket. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> so maybe if we learn a fun fact, we can just a life fun fact, we can bring it. I uh, I started watching uh, uh, Modern Romance again because I, I right before we 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 started because I was waiting to try to keep myself awake, so I started watching Modern <laughs> Romance because I, I I don't know I was just thinking of Catherine Harold. I, I recently watched that movie Heartbreakers with her, and I was like, I want to watch another movie with her. Um, and I remember that. You know, she's the lead in that uh, or one of the leads. So I got Heartbreakers on the docket. It, I got got a copy. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see to your thoughts on it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if 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 everything else doesn't get you, the, the Tangerine Tangerine Dream soundtrack will hopefully. I'm worried because I'm so confident I'm going to like this and I trust your recommendation on this. I just don't want to oversell it to myself. But sure. It's, it's I a already very, know like, it's going to deliver, though. Yeah, it's a very like. I don't want to say it's like understated, but it's definitely like a, a good gem. It's like a total gem of a movie. And it's like, it, it's, it's not anything like, I mean, there's some, some moments into it that are, are pretty like, wow, but yeah, just a very interesting, interesting and kind of unique movie uh, for its time. So yeah, I, I definitely think, I think you'll enjoy it for sure. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to overhype it, but yeah, I, I think it was definitely like one of the fine, like my like, finds of this year that i was like wow this is like, like a really interesting find like i, I already want to rewatch re it uh, i mean i've I seen was... people in the the film groups backing you up but you you mm -hmm. said it first so you get your credit and that's who Thank i'm you. the recommendation i'm going with but i'm excited to see that um how's modern the vinegar romance? syndrome Still yeah vin yeah vinegar syndrome and uh uh fun city editions did that um mm -hmm. and yeah the packaging's great uh modern romance yeah i'm about how far i am i only got like a little over a half hour in um, because okay. I, I just started, I started like a little bit before we got on here. Uh, so I'm going to finish it before I, uh, I go to sleep <laughs> tonight, hopefully. It's a good um, way to go out, I think. But yeah, so it's so far, so far great. I mean, you got the, the Bob Einstein cameo, which is great. Very pivotal. We find out from his documentary that it's yes. just like, I, I, very shocking for if you, those who haven't seen it, um, both it's the documentary great. and the, and the scene, it's just wonderful. And then you find out, yeah, it was the only time the brothers worked together, which is, just so shocking because they're so immensely talented yeah and, but in like in different ways so you could kind of yeah. see like, oh yeah 
Yeah, like that's why maybe that just doesn't well, work. Well, and Bob was know? like the older one who came yeah. first and stuff like right. that. So I mean, I, I get Albert Brooks trying to do his own thing, but sure. When when he spoke of it, it seemed like there was a little more going on there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it seems like there's a little bit of like I don't want to say animosity, but no, it doesn't seem know, like it was at that level, but just some sort of just something, you know, like a little little riff, you know, yeah. or something like that, a little rift in in them. Um, but yeah. No, I mean, so far I'm enjoying it. So uh, it's been a while since I watched that as well. So um, I'm looking forward to finishing that. Um, yeah, other than that, not, not, not a whole lot. Just watching a bunch of random stuff. I random said stuff beforehand, I, I watched Encino Man earlier this afternoon just because I was thinking about it. I was talking about it with, with a friend. I was like, I haven't watched that in a while. It seems like a good lazing around movie. So I put that on. Honestly, so, yeah. I mean, we're recording this on Labor Day. Surprise. Um, yeah. It, it's a perfect Labor Day movie, holiday movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It, it kind of made me want to watch PCU, which oh, like God. is like impossible to find. <laughs> I'm not, I was, a, like, not a PCU fan. I'm sorry. Not, you're not? Um, no. People uh, are. Well, because of Megan Ward, because Megan Ward's in both of them. That's the connection. Okay. Um, as a fan of Megan Ward, I was like, because I, I mean, that was like a movie that like PCU was a movie that like, I also grew up on it as well as I did in Cino Man. Like I feel like PCU was always on HBO. So like, oh, I, feel I, mean, like I watched it, it like always. constantly. Yeah. And yeah. then even like Comedy Central. I mean, like it was just like constant Everywhere. syndication in all forms. You're just seeing John Favreau's dreaded head and you get, know. You get George Clinton. I mean, that's that That whole thing's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm down with, you know, Parliament Funkadelic. Funk, yeah. Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven being Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Hair was he? he does this went by the time he did hair? Plus? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I or mean, he does he, have hair. So it was probably, or did he go bald and then get the hair plugs? I don't know. I mean, he he had quite a run with. I mean, he was in. He has the cameo in singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in uh, say anything, which I'm sure is probably your favorite movie. No, <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Not a Cameron Crowe fan. I don't mind, but say anything is is the more watchable one especially uh, fast times uh, fast times is just uh, he uh, him on just the script and someone else directing it especially a a peak 80s amy heckerling like yeah you'll be all right but i mean that's just a great movie yeah and you had um polly platt uh bogdanovich's ex-wife producing because it was james l brooks helping produce say anything Mm -hmm. yep and she makes an appearance in it too it you know like that helps yeah sure so it's just a weird movie. Same thing like is a weird movie. John Cusack, you know, but like, yeah, it is a yeah. weird movie. He's like a fucking boxer, like trying to be a kickboxer. Like, <laughs> and the whole subplot with her dad, like embezzling oh, yeah. money. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, it's so wild. But hey, he, yeah. he held up a boombox stand. He did do that, is a thing that he did. Yeah. You're better off dead is the way to go. One crazy summer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Know. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. agree. Or, you know, neo-noir members come in and I'm very tempted to do this one Cusack neo-noir, but I don't know. It's a, I, think it, I, know I think I know what you're talking about. I'm talking the grifters. I, you know, if we don't do it, I still want everyone to watch the movie. It's one of the greatest. That was actually not what I was thinking. For some reason, I was thinking Gross Point Blank. <laughs> oh, I mean, I love Gross Point Blank. I don't know if I'd call it neo-noir. But... That's what I was saying. Like, I was jokingly like, I don't know if that counts, but... Ten years, I would make the argument, you know, once we're out of them, but... yeah. I love Gross Point Blank, though. Go watch it, too. If we're reaching, yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched that in a very long time, but that is... Have you seen The Grifters? I have not seen The Grifters. I mean, I love the band, The Grifters. This is why I wonder if I... Well, yes, of course. I feel like this has happened before, Dan, this exact exchange on the show, but... Probably, uh, (laughs) yeah. uh, It's a good bit. I have no problems with it. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, these, this is the thing. It's just like, oh, I want Dan to watch this movie. Why don't I schedule it? So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, if it doesn't happen, everyone's forced to watch it. Hold tight for November and we'll see, see what happens. November is going to change the world and not just politically, Dan, also uh, podcastily. Do you want to do do have me come full circle right now in our conversation? Please. I just saw that Jeremy Piven is in the cast of Grifters. So yes. So, so uh, I just want to tie it all together. Also, we got to say Jeremy Piven's a piece of shit. Like he's he's done horrible yeah. things, especially in yeah, the, that's the true. Me, me Too era. So, you know, we're For not sure. yeah. hyping Jeremy Piven. No. <laughs> so we'll be talking able to... about him just being in the movies. Yeah. I, I hate AI and all of that stuff, but I'm not the movie AI. Although it's, I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, wait a second. I'm like, I'm like, are you like one of those hardcore like AI fans? <laughs> no, I. A... Alan Iverson. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I like Alan Iverson. No, I'm talking the technology, Dan. That's ruining our lives today. Um, okay. But I would be okay with deep fake, like being able to deep fake like problematic people out of movies. That would be interesting. And that's it. That's all I condone in that regard. Yeah, unfortunately, there's there's a lot of people out there that are awful people. That would have to be edited out um, if that's the case. I wonder what movie has the most awful people in it. Hmm, that's a good one. I don't know. I hope we. Never I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to think of that. <laughs> I, honestly, like I feel like we're going in a bad direction. So, TV. I've been watching Primal, which is uh, you know, with with Cartoon Network slash Adult Swim's deal, like they stream everything the next day. Mm-hmm. So that's I can't recommend that enough to everybody, especially if you love like Conan the Barbarian and mm. crazy stuff. I mean, it's like all there's no dialogue in it, really. I mean, at all. But so it's just like a dinosaur and this caveman dude and going through crazy stuff. And it's just such a, a, a insane achievement in the world of animation, traditional animation. And like, you know, it's the guy that did like Dexter's Laboratory and mm samurai jack so like he really helped build that network so they give him a golden ticket and thank god that you know it's someone good that has this ticket and it's just he's doing this just like wordless crazy violent amazing show that everyone should check out so that's on hbo max you can check it out after you watch elevator to the gallows this show on hulu it's like fx does it but you know fx speaking of deals and next days they have a deal with hulu and like they have exclusive shows on there and they have one called the patient with okay. Steve Carell, weirdly enough, um, but it's the people that did the show The Americans, which was one of the best shows of the 21st century, and uh, it's been fascinating so far. They're like 20 minute episodes, which is very bizarre, but yeah, it's short. Well, it just you, you just remind me, I, I I did finish Severance, by the way. Hey, I, there we go. So yeah. Dan, how bad was that punk band, huh? <laughs> My only cringe moment. Otherwise, I'm, I loved it and it was incredible. But that I, punk band and. Ben Stiller was in punk bands. He was a drummer. Like he should have known better. You know what? It didn't bother me because I feel like it wasn't as bad as some of the other ones I've seen. Like, I don't, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was great. Right. But, but I, I'm saying like it could have been a lot worse. I That's, agree with it in that lens. I, yeah. It just hurt me because the show was just firing at all cylinders. Yeah. Um, but it's such a brief moment. I don't I ultimately don't give a shit. <laughs> I get I get what they're going for. And that's. I and think that's just conceptually it. it's good. Like, yeah. I, I, I like where they were coming from. I thought you were, for some reason, I thought you were going to say John Turturro listening to Ace of Spades. No, that, I love that. I thought yeah. that was awesome. Especially he was like the complete, I, I don't want to give any spoilers out to anybody. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a great, we'll talk off air, but watch Severance. Mm-hmm. It, it was very fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad we watched it at the same time. That's so weird because it's been out for like a minute. 
Yeah, I, I've kind of like that's so strange. I, I think it just goes. I have this like natural tendency that a lot of times I'll just avoid stuff that gets overly hyped to me. Yeah. Um, and and I'll wait a while, and then if I like, if I'm like, okay, I feel like maybe I know enough about this now, maybe I'll give it a try. I'll do it because I mean that was like the office for me. Like I didn't see the office till a few years ago. Like maybe oh, like sorry, maybe like in the last like five years, I it was the first time I ever I'd ever seen even one episode. I mean, I watched it all the way through. Like when it was still on Netflix, I watched you know start to finish. Um. And I loved it. I thought it was great. But for the while, I was just like, you just always hear about it. People always quoted it. And I was just like, whatever, like, just another show. Um, but I agree, I, mean, I agree with all that stuff you just said. I like I like the guy who didn't see The Office, not the guy who saw The Office. OK, <laughs> I, if, I'm fine with if people love that show and that's fine. I'm, you know, it makes people happy, you know? There's, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Um, it's not something I watch all the time, but it's definitely like a show if it's on and there's I'm not going to deny there's like on. chuckles, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not heartless, Dan. I'm just saying, ultimately, I'd rather watch something else. I like the UK office. I mean, I don't mean to be that guy, but... I don't, I don't want to go on that that route with uh, our, with that, that guy Gervais. I don't think I want to go... Oh, fuck I, Mickey Gervais. I'm on yeah, board with that, but there was yeah, two seconds wanna... where he did interesting stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And he did it with someone else. So I think we just give him the credit. Yeah, I would say go watch uh, Stephen Merchant and in, uh, in uh, what's it called uh, Hello Ladies. If yeah. you haven't seen that show, I love that show. Yeah. Um, that one is such an under the radar HBO show that came out a few years ago that I it's, with I the think it's finale fantastic. movie too. Make sure you don't miss yes. that. Yeah, I have the DVD box set that has all of it. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's got everything. Um, it's it's a it's such a fantastic show. Uh, he really was, thinking, he was the genius of the of the duo man like it, oh yeah he, he's, obviously he's everything so just went so downhill because like I, it's funny i was just talking about extras recently but uh he was he was like so good on extras like yeah he was, he was hilarious and yeah he made uh, a person that's very off-putting pretty okay for two seconds and then yeah yeah here we are yeah i okay we really ended with all like the worst people <laughs> yeah i i feel really bad about and it john like, cusack yeah. though you know yeah it's cool I think I don't know. I think he didn't. So. Ma- he didn't Matthew Broderick anybody, Dan. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully anybody. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna edit all this out, right? <laughs> we can edit that part out. I'm on board with that. Um, and then in the world of comics, like Dan, it finally happened for the first time in like 15 years. There's a good Fantastic Four comic, and Look actually, it's a collaboration between Marvel and Abrams Brooks for the fir- or Abrams Books, excuse me, for the <laughs> first say. time. Uh, so it's like this is a classy book from classy publisher. It's from Alex Ross, who typically is a painter, but mm-hmm. he kind of like just penciled and ink it. So it's a different style for him, and it's just like all these like really cool day glow colors, and it's yeah, that looks cool. It's very. I love the cover design too. It's yeah. got the like fantastic voyage. Font. Exactly, and there's there's a lot of that inspiration in in the comic. So anyone who's just even a casual fan, I just can't recommend that enough. It was the Fantastic Four is what got me into comic books, and uh, mm. there unfortunately just not a lot of good material to back <laughs> that up in, in this yeah. age. Like the movies were all terrible, other than you mean you didn't like. <laughs> The Fantastic Four movie? No. That came I out mean, 2005, the the best it? one is the Roger Corman 1994 one that was just shelved and buried and you could yeah. only see in bootleg form. But there's a, a very good documentary about that that uh, gets into that. and It should talk Stan Lee, so I'm always on board with that. But yeah, I, I, I was just so impressed with, by this, this book that it felt worthy of speaking of with our platform. Mm-hmm. Still need to get to Heat too. I'm waiting for a, a good weekend in the sun. Yeah. But yeah, you want to. Yeah, you want to really spend time with that. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. 
I appreciate that. Thanks for sticking with me, Dan. And thanks everybody for sticking with us. Uh, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what that accent Spotify is. or Orpal podcasts. <laughs> Leave a comment, rate, review, subscribe. Sure. All that good stuff. We're out there. We're doing it. We're a podcast. DM, uh, DM us, you know, DM us out of the podcast on Insta, out of the cast on Twit, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter. And that's it, everybody. Thanks so much yeah. for checking in again. Thanks for riding the elevator with us. We had a great time. Thankfully, we get off the elevator. We got, we're so thirsty. We got something to drink, Dan. But we're able to toast and say, here's the French New Wave. And here's the French New Wave crime. French New Wave. <laughs> <laughs> Good day.